Welcome to the inaugural episode of Angry Americans. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. We have plenty to be angry about in America right now. That's what I believe. These are incredibly trying times for our country and our world. But we can make a difference. I really believe that. And on this show, I want to bring attention to the issues that I believe are especially important. Issues that make me angry. Issues that I believe should make everyone angry. On this show, we're going to come together in our anger, learn a bit, have some fun, connect with others who feel the same way, and take some positive action. I'm your humble host, Paul Rykoff. I'm an activist, an advocate, a concerned American. I'm an Iraq war veteran, a 9-11 first responder, and the proud dad of two boys who kick my ass. I'm a political independent. I'm unaffiliated, like 40% or so of Americans. I don't have a party. I served as a soldier in Iraq, and I spoke my mind about my experiences. I challenged President Bush on the war. I was one of the first guys to do that, and I ended up on TV and thrust into the arena. So I wrote a book about it called Chasing Ghosts, about my time in Iraq and about that time in America. And I founded a nonprofit called the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. And I spent the next 15 years in the veterans movement, fighting, fighting for issues like body armor for troops and, and reforming the VA and passing the new GI Bill, and on issues like repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell, fighting suicide, burn pits, military sexual assault, and fighting for cannabis and marijuana reform. I've worked with Republicans and Democrats, and I've fought with Republicans and Democrats. I've been inside Capitol Hill and inside the White House, and I've been outside in the streets, online, in the media. And I think that experience can bring some unique perspective to our national dialogue. I want to bring that perspective to you in every single episode of this show. I've learned a lot about the immense power of new media, and that's why I launched this podcast and my new company, Righteous Media. I want to use content to bring attention to underreported issues, to give voice to the voiceless, to demand accountability from our leaders and the media, and to galvanize people of all backgrounds. Drive that action together to make the world a better place, now and for our grandkids. So like many of you, I care more about my country than any fucking political party, candidate, or agenda. I created this show to be a distress call, a beacon of hope. Not just angry, but a flare, calling in allies and friends, a source of inspiration, a place for community and action. And it'll start with this podcast. That's the beginning. But it'll continue online, in your conversations at your house, and in events to come nationwide. It's tough in America right now. No shit. For almost everyone, in one way or another. And there's an old saying in the Army, we all bond in the suck. When things are tough, it makes us closer, brings us together, kind of like it did after 9-11. In those tough times, we all felt connected in our fear, in our worry, and in our anger. And it brought out some of the best in us. It united us. And that's what I want this podcast to do, to bring people together. And we're going to have some fun, too. I love good music, good food, good drinks, good people, and a good laugh. And especially after experiencing combat, Look, I know how precious and fleeting life is, so I'm going to live it up and celebrate the good stuff with you as often as I fucking can. And I invite you to join me on this ride. Be a part of this movement. Use the hashtag AngryAmericans. Sound off about what you're angry about and connect with other angry Americans. Know that you're not alone. I'll share and amplify as many of your voices as I can. So please speak up and speak out on Twitter, all your social media accounts, and encourage your friends and family to do the same. And subscribe and share this podcast now in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, Radio.com, Carrier Pigeon, wherever you get your freaking podcast, tell your people to check it out. Tune in to Angry Americans. Everybody is welcome, and there's a little bit of something for everybody in the show. That's a game plan. Welcome to Angry Americans. We're going to light this candle. So if you're still listening, you probably agree that there's something to be angry about. And we got an awesome show today. 
I mean, this is really, it's really going to be fun, including an exclusive interview with a guy you probably don't expect to be angry. The host of Morning Joe on MSNBC and Sunday Today on NBC, the great Willie Geist. Willie's one of the nicest guys in America, for real. We've been friends for many years, and I'm humbled to have him as my very first guest on this show. Willie's loved by people of all political backgrounds, in part because he's such a good dude. And even he's hangry about some shit. He's going to tell us about what he's angry about, and he's also going to tell us what it's like to be in the green room of the lip sync battle show with Snoop Dogg, Andy Cohen, and, and J-Lo. It's a really, really fun interview. And he's going to talk about his first car. And I put him on the spot. Is Joe Scarborough running for president or not? He'll join us later in the show. We're also going to take angry Americans to the streets of New York City and see what's got people cranked up. There's no shortage of issues that are going to have people angry and, and wanting to talk. Trump's threatening to close the border with Mexico. 9-11 first responders are in Washington again demanding basic care and support for devastating cancers and other injuries, which is fucking shameful. Trump is attacking basically the entire island of Puerto Rico. The Democratic Party is having an internal crisis now because there are allegations about Joe Biden apparently inappropriately touching two women. An issue that's, that's way off the radar, but I think really has people upset. Jamal Khashoggi's body is still missing. It's been six months since his murder, and nobody's been held accountable. Tucker Carlson is being an asshole. That's good reason to be angry. And everybody's March Madness is pretty much busted. Even that one dude with a perfect bracket. So there's plenty to be angry about in America right now, but you're not alone. Welcome to Angry Americans. Let's get into it. Here's what I'm angry about today. If Trump gets his wall, we might have to make cuts to the Department of Defense. We might have to take money out of the Department of Defense budget to pay for the wall. You've seen all the debates about the wall. Here's something you may not know. Parts of our national defense budget may be cut to pay for it. No matter how, how you feel about this wall, if you think cutting into the Pentagon budget is a good idea to pay for it, please unsubscribe from this podcast now and move immediately to Russia. Because a move like this only helps our enemies. These are the kinds of asinine moves that Al-Qaeda members cheer for. They're ridiculous, extensive, and stupid. These cuts are actually more stupid than the cuts to the Special Olympics. Those cuts are bad, like really bad. But even those don't leave our national security weakened. These cuts do. Tara Kopp at the Military Times has a great piece on this. And here's the list of construction projects that could be cut to fund a border wall. It's like a fucking Christmas wish list for America's enemies. First up, $31 million for a training complex in East Grafenbeer, Germany. We'd cut that. Now why? Why would we need to train, you know, troops in Europe? It's only the continent that the Russians tried to take control over last time, right? So Putin would thank us for that one. Next on the chopping block could be $50 million for a rotary wing apron at Wheeler Army Airfield in Hawaii. So what's a rotary wing, wing apron? It's hard to say. It's the place helicopters land and take off from. Because, you know, why would we need that, right? That would be gone. We might have to cut $16 million from a rail car holding area for Crane Army Ammunition Plant in Indiana. Because why have a place to store ammunition, right? We can just leave it unsecured. Just leave it out there. It's not like any terrorists or white nationalists would want it nowadays, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, oh, what else would we cut? Oh, we might cut $53 million from a UAV hangar in Kunsan Air Base in Korea. Because who needs UAVs on a border with one of the world's most dangerous threats, right? A nation that wants to use nukes. 
a nation where we have 23,000 troops on the border. Kim Jong-un would definitely thank us for that cut. So another thing we might have to cut to pay for the wall, $40 million from an information systems complex at White Sands, New Mexico. Now, what's White Sands? You may have heard about it. It's the single biggest military base in the U.S., 600,000 acres. That's the place where, you know, we tested our nukes. Uh, It's also the home of the Air Force Research Laboratory, right? This is where they do technology planning and execute the Air Force Science and Technology Program. So they do warfare capabilities to U.S. air, space, and cyber forces, right? These are important things. So why would we need money for the information systems there? Yeah, right? Like for things like cyber attacks on our nukes? Why would we need the money there? You know, we could use it for, I don't know, metal slats on the border to keep out starving kids. Next, on, on the Pentagon's list, they were, they were asked, what could you cut? What would you present to be cut? And this was in a leaked memo that the LA Times found, an internal memo in the Marine Corps. Next on the chopping block could be $95 million for an engineering center at the U.S. Military Academy. Military Academy, that's West Point. This one's really amazing because that's where, you know, we train future officers in the Army, all of which are, are engineers. Every U.S. Army officer that comes out of West Point is an engineer. So why invest money in teaching our future generals in engineering when instead we could build a really good photo op for the idiots at Fox and Friends on the border? That's what, that's, these are just some of the things that, that could be cut if the Pentagon had to give up money to pay for Trump's border wall. Now, still think these proposed cuts don't matter? Still think it's just a, a partisan attack trying to ruin Trump's great vision for a stronger America because they hate his awesomeness? All right, well, check out this statement from the partisan hacks that are always sticking their nose into politics and, and messing with Trump. The Marines. Yeah, that, that Trump hater, the Marine Corps, is at it again. You know, the ones you see on MSNBC all the time stirring up some stuff and complaining about Trump. Yeah, the, the spokesperson is the commandant of the Marine Corps. General Robert Neller. He's a four-star general. Robert Neller. This is, this is what the LA Times reported. The commandant of the Marine Corps has warned the Pentagon that the border deployments and the funding transfers and the recovery costs from hurricanes like Florence and Michael, new housing allowances and civilian pay raises are taking a toll on the Marine Corps combat readiness. So Neller wrote to Acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan and Navy Secretary Richard Spencer. The LA Times got a copy of those internal internal memos. They were dated February 19th and February 18th. So, yep, the highest-ranking Marine in the United States says the wall and the deployment of active duty troops to the border and this whole fucking political charade are bad for the Marine Corps. You know, the guys and gals trying to protect America and kill our enemies. But the president doesn't give a shit. He doesn't listen to General Neller. Just like he didn't listen to General Mattis. That's why he quit as Secretary of Defense, which should really make everyone angry. Even more so, it should make you deeply, deeply concerned. This kind of flew out of the news quickly. It was just like another cabinet secretary leaving after a drove of them kept leaving and leaving and leaving. But this one was different. This was really different. When Mattis left, I think it was, it was a very, very important moment that jeopardized our national security, that jeopardized the security of America. And let me explain it to you in another way. Imagine America is our house, right? And Trump is like an abusive stepdad who barged into our lives a few years ago. Now, despite our objections, he married our beloved mom. And he's been drunk, abusive, violent, and destructive ever since. He's crashing into everything, and he's broken everything. He's broken every room in the house, practically. The neighbors hate us. 
friends don't come to visit anymore. Our lawn looks like shit. And, you know, for no good reason, he didn't feed our goldfish. So the goldfish died. So it's been a rough time in our house. It's been, it's been really, really hard. We love our family. And we love our house. It's the house we grew up in. And it's wrecked. This dude is wrecking it. But there was one part of the house that was untouched. One very important part of our house. One very dangerous part of our house. Our father's gun closet. It's filled with powerful weapons. The things that could take harm to a whole nother level. But it, would be, it, it, it was untouched for one really important reason. We had a crafty, tough guard dog. Not a mad dog, but a guard dog. Keeping this maniac away from the guns. That guard dog was General Jim Mattis, the retired Marine general. He was like the Rottweiler for America, guarding our gun case in the house, keeping that one part of the house off limits and safe and protected. And now he's gone. That Rottweiler is gone. And all the other animals in our house were already dead. He didn't get fed when he barked, and he got treated with no respect. So our Rottweiler walked off and never came back without a word. He just bounced. That's what happened with General Mattis. That's what happened when he stepped down as Secretary of Defense. And he did it because Trump didn't listen to him. He didn't listen to, to one of the most fabled generals of our time. He also didn't listen to General Kelly or Admiral Mullen, the retired chairman of the Joint Chiefs, when he told them that the trans ban was wrong and bad for our military. He didn't listen to Admiral McCraven. Remember when Trump shit on him too? And we all know Trump didn't listen to John McCain, who he shamelessly and shamefully continues to attack, even, even months after McCain died. Trump doesn't listen to anybody in uniform. He doesn't listen to anybody with any expertise at all, but anyone who is an expert in national security seems especially in, out, of, out of favor with, with Trump. Maybe Trump will listen to this podcast. I really doubt it, but I wish he would, because then he'd understand why I'm so angry about this and why so many other people of all political backgrounds nationwide are angry about this too. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention, and that's what I'm angry about now. And that's what I think every American should be angry about, too. What do you think about this issue? I want to hear it. Sound off online and use the hashtag AngryAmericans. I am really excited. I have uh, our inaugural guest sitting across from me who is an incredible American, a person that I admire, that America loves, and probably somebody you wouldn't expect to ever be angry. Uh... The great and powerful Willie Geist is here with us today. Paul, it's an honor to be on the first show. Dude, I, I can't thank you enough. I have a lot to get into. I have gifts for you, but... Gifts? Yes, but oh. I have to start with an apology. Uh-oh. Because you, you did this today, uh, and I'm really grateful. The first ever guest on Angry Americans. And I accidentally gave you the wrong address and sent you to the Polish embassy. That's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> I pride myself on getting my way around New York pretty easily. And you're and, early. Like most TV people, really, like oh, most I shit like are it. not early. You're, you're I early. I like to be early. I like you're to be early. there. You're on time. When you say you're going to show up, you're there, man. I'm there. So I get there. <laughs> I get to the corner of the address that you sent me. And I look up at the building. And I say, wow, this is an ornate building <laughs> for a podcast studio. And then I look at the plaque, the gold plaque on the side, and it's the Polish consulate. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's pretty baller if they're doing the, the podcast. It'd be a cool a place consulate. to do it. I'm like, that's kind of like in a big ornate room, like a with 19th century decor from yeah. Poland. So I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe that's where it is. Yeah. I walk in, 
big security checkpoint <laughs> with a mag. Yeah, yeah. And in through the checkpoint, a bunch of... So you actually went all the way through? No, I didn't go through, okay, but I yeah. could see into the yeah, room yeah. where it became clear that this was not where the podcast yeah, was. Yeah. And it was a... Um, Distinctly, a group of distinctly Polish older men <laughs> sitting waiting for something for at something. a window with a number. Uh-huh. And I realized they all turned and stared at me. Uh-huh. I don't know if they thought I was casing the place yeah. or what. Or you were a cop. And then I, or I kind of looked like a cop. I looked yeah. like a cop, yeah. undercover cop. Yeah. And then I sheepishly turned around, and at that point is when I called you and said, I think I'm at the wrong place. Yeah, you actually, yeah. you texted me, and you texted the Polish flag. I did. Which took some degree of, of, of focus. Like, well, you I, had to scroll through all the flag emoji options to land on the Polish if, flag. Here's the secret. If you yeah. write the word Poland, the uh, flag comes up, really? and he just pops. Were you it. wondering if yeah. Rykov was a Polish name at that point? Were <laughs> you thinking, maybe Rykov's Polish, and a, I don't know it? A lot was going through my head. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, you, you made it here. We're here, yeah. You made it, and, and thank you for being here. Um, Congratulations so, on the podcast. Thank you, man. This is huge. I know you've been working on it a long time. You've been a great mentor and friend and and guide throughout this process. And over the last, like, 10 years of my life, man. You and I have worked together on a lot of veterans issues and and I've I've just admired the way you do things. You're a good dude. Like I, and I say that not just because you're sitting here and you're doing my first show, <laughs> but you're you're a really amazing dude and and your wife Christina is amazing and the two of you on Twitter are really freaking amazing. Well, I mean, she's you guys are kind of like like George Burns and Gracie <laughs> on Twitter, right? Well, she's the good one on Twitter and I just react and respond to what she says. You tweet literally when, you're, when you're laying in bed together, you tweet yes. at each other. Yes. From the and other. we have a running joke that she is so beloved on Twitter. People come up to me now on the street and yeah. say, "Yeah, you're great, but I love your wife on Twitter." That there's going to be a star is born dynamic yeah. where I'm happy for her at first and yes. I cultivate it. Yes. And then when she exceeds yes. my level of She's fame, better than you on she's Twitter. She's better. She's definitely And better. I'm going to start to resent her yeah. and it's going to destroy so. the relationship. I don't think I hope so. that's you guys, you guys met when you were like 13 years old or something we were, in high school, uh, right? We were 11. 11? We met in sixth grade at George Washington Middle School in Ridgewood, New Jersey. We started dating junior year in high school. We're friends that whole time. Wow. And then we actually ended up going to college together at Vanderbilt. She Vanderbilt was my reach and her safety. I was psyched I got in. I was like, she was waiting to hear from your life. Totally, totally. She wanted to go to UVA, but she got waitlisted. Okay, and then didn't get in, even though her sister was in school there and her dad went to law school there. Didn't get in, and um, she called me one day in like June after we graduated from high school. She's like, "Hey, we're going to college together," and I was like, "Oh, I mean, great." Great, because we're then like you went out and bought a ring. <laughs> no, no, no. So then we went to college together. We, okay. we pretty much dated in but college. But you knew, and then well, we broke up after college. Okay, I moved to Atlanta. Yeah. She moved to Boston. Okay, so we had our twenties single. All right, and then found each other again later in our twenties. So it actually works out. That's great. a beautiful thing. You get your twenties. I mean it. You guys are you really an amazing family, and and I think the way you do your show, if if you I don't know, live under a rock and don't know who Willie Geist is, you know he, he's been a fixture on Morning Joe. And so every morning you're, you're cranking on Morning Joe through the Daily Madness. Yeah. And then your Sunday show is really fantastic, man. I think it in- inspires people. It brings people together. It's part of what I want to do with this podcast. You bring a lot of hope and inspiration, but also just you bring a tone. Like you bring a tone, I think, that adds light to all the heat. And, and, and you're kind of America's sweetheart. Oh, man. my you God. This is too so much. You, so you're a surprising guest for the Angry Americans. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's nice to be able to do something on Sunday that's not all mired in the weeds of the politics yeah. and everyone's mired in 24 hours a day we do it obviously that's the news but then we try to lift ourselves yeah you got you got that like sit down on the couch with the family oh, that's my bad there's your, that's me that no time. they're calling you right now to that's ask you exciting. apologies no i like it it's it's authentic it man. Is. this is podcasting that's real right yeah also real is our graphics department you can't see this if you're listening but if you're watching the video 
hashtag is angry americans but uh our, our graphics department consists of a whiteboard and mm-hmm. i drew angry americans i was gonna ask is that your work that's mine yeah that's this, mine you really are a jack of all trades it's <laughs> kind of a graffiti bubble letter thing it is it works though yeah you like if, so? if you tag that on the side of a wall somewhere people would respect you it's like yeah. a poor man's banksy thing you have all right on. thank you that's a great endorsement bubble letters that. angry americans but also some red sort of fireworks around t- the edges right you like those i was debating whether to texture. put the red in there or not but i put a little red in there i think screen grab that okay make it the official logo put it on all the gear all right yeah done That's okay good. endorsement by Willie guys okay yeah. so season one i'm going to start with a question that i will ask every guest the same question that will i think help us get to know you a little bit better willie geist what was your first car easy 1984 jeep cj7 wow it was uh, that's an awesome first car it's a great car it was great except it was our family car for 10 years before i got it like that was that yeah. was our car that's also pretty cool my dad had a company car like a Buick Skylark or right. something. And right. then my mom had the Jeep that she drove us around in. That's awesome. And it was the most stripped down. My dad wrote a he wrote a book in nineteen eighty four when we bought it. Okay. And it was he got like a ten thousand dollar advance, which at the time huge for anyone, but yeah. especially for him, it was huge. He spent every nickel of it on the Jeep. Really? He went and bought a ten thousand dollar Jeep. Wow. But what that got you then was no power steering. Right. <laughs> barely had a back seat. Okay. Definitely no seat okay. belts. What color in the back. was it? It was red. Okay. Fire engine red. Wow. Great looking car. That that is a look at me car. It, it was. Yeah. And and no frills whatsoever. And by the time it got to me, and I got my license in '92, so it's wow. eight years. Yeah. Yep. But grinding, drive yep. family vacations, yep. Yep. everything. Um, the floors were a little bit rusted out. Okay. Um. You really had to start it in second. First was pretty much done. Okay. Then. So you know what was that's Was it loud? Like. Just, it was loud. Yep. And so here comes Willie Geist. No doors. Ro- rolling through town. Did people call you Willie back then? Oh, yeah. So From Willie Geist born. rolling yeah. through with, with a fire engine red. Rolling through CJG. Jersey. You have long hair? No, I didn't have long hair. But what I did have was I got for my birthday, I split with my mom, is a, a better... An aftermarket speaker system because mm-hmm. I couldn't roll around mm-hmm. on a little AMF yeah. thing that came. Did it have the it? detachable face? So, so people it had the steal deta- it? Yes. Yeah, I had one of those. I had an Alpine one. Child of and the nineties, like still me. got that shit stolen like five times. <laughs> yeah, I had an Oldsmobile. People kept breaking in the window and still taking it. I know, yeah, even yeah. with the plate, it yeah, didn't yeah, work. Yeah. And so I had the speakers in there, and uh, it was just a great car to be like 17, 18 years old in that thing. Yeah, man. And the That's minute awesome. it got That's warm strong, enough, roof for gone. our inaugural guest of Angry Americans to start out with that car. It's a great car. That's going to be hard to top in season one. It's a great car, and and I've now that I'm you know what is it twenty five years later? Yeah. I want to, I'm I'm due for a, another car. Like my lease yeah. is up. And I think I'm going to go back to the Jeep. Dude, do it. But, I'll never, but, you, but then are do you it. trying to recapture You could kind of roll in the, into the... Sh- they could do a whole... You know those Morning Joe shots they have of yeah. Mika and Joe that are yeah. so, like black and white oh, yeah. and very dramatic? Yes. You can just come rolling in on your Jeep oh, CJ, yeah. man. Yeah, but it's going to be... Now they're too nice. They got yeah. too much stuff in them. Yeah. I want it, Maybe I get like an right. old one that's right. kind of shitty. Can right. I we, say we, shitty on this? Yeah. yeah. The, dude, you can say shit. You can say fuck. You can oh, say really? Yeah, oh. this is podcasting. That's very liberating. That's the awesome part. That's liberating. Okay, good. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. So CJ7. So thank you for entertaining that question, for being our first guest. Of course. Um, second question I want to ask is, look, I, I say that, that if, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. I think everybody in this country has something to be angry about, with good reason, right? There, there are things that, that fuel a righteous anger and outrage that can drive positive change as well, yeah. right? But, but this is a, a trying time in America. It's a, it's a stressful time in America. And, and even Willie Geist can get 
pissed off from time to time, right? Sure. Yeah. So, so what's one issue or topic that's got Willie Geist anger? Well, there's a lot of stuff working in this business that gets buried, as you know better than most, because yeah. of the daily churn of what's the tweet of the day, who's up in the poll for 2020. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, are real yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. you know, and you've been frustrated by and, and yeah. your great work at IAVA and you know lobbying a lot of people to get those issues front and center. But for me, there are issues that um, just on a personal level combine injustice, but also something pr- a personal yeah. thing for me, which is Puerto Rico, because yep. my um, my wife, Christina, and her family have a little two-bedroom condo mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. have had it for 30 years. Awesome. So we've been going down there. I've been going for more than 25 years, probably okay. once a year, sometimes more. Yeah. Christina and I got married in Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, so it, we have a connection to that place. Yeah. We got married in a town called Umacao on the East Coast, which is about 45 minutes from San Juan. And we were down there a month ago, and everything you read is true. Like, yes, the pers- the politicians down there deserve some of the blame, and yes, they haven't been efficient, they haven't distributed, yeah. but they're just not getting taken care yeah, of. Yeah, it's bad. They're it's not bad. getting, it's, it's really my, bad. I think, I think you know, you met my brother, he, he, worked, he works at Con Ed. He's a, he's a mechanic, a truck yeah. mechanic at Con Ed. And he went down with one of these rescue queues to go down there for a couple weeks. Right. And it, it was bad, man. I yeah. Mean, they were down there. And he also went down during uh, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And they send these utility crews down there. And right. And he just kept reporting back saying, dude, it is messed up down here. Yeah. And, and I don't think people really understood that. And now, Trump, Trump picks kind of a new enemy. Yeah. New target almost every day, every yeah. week, and he he basically started a war with Puerto Rico. Yeah, like and, he, that's and, the the subject, the focus of his ire. He's not focusing on other things. He's basically going to battle with politicians in Puerto Rico, and it feels like the right. what, what one of his advisors called the nation of Puerto Rico. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That country. That country. Said, that country. Three times. So sometimes it's implicit. Sometimes they just say it out loud. That right. There's no feeling for what's happening there. They're not really us. We don't need to worry about them. They've taken too much money. The president made up a, a figure of $91 billion that right. they've received, which they haven't, of course. They've been waiting for all that. So we were down there a month ago, uh, my wife and I, and we took the kids out just to do some service because we knew we needed it down there yeah. while we were on a little break. And uh, we went into Umacao, went and visited our old church, and the, that town got particularly wiped out. And it's still, it's a ghost town. Yep. It wasn't great before, yep. I'll grant you that. Yep. But it's it's there's almost nothing there now, and so we went and visited this woman um, named Margarita. They call her the uh, the angel of Umacao. Okay, she's got a little house in town. Yeah, and all she does is go out and help people, and she takes donations. Yeah, and she goes out into the streets and she gives sandwiches and clothes to homeless people. Awesome. But now she's turned into basically a hurricane shelter. So she's got wow. lines of kids who come there every day for food, for school supplies. They got moved out of their school that got blown away and hasn't been repaired in the hurricane. So we went and brought a bunch of stuff just to donate and hand out and help her do what she does. So when you go down and you see something like that on a personal level Mm -hmm. and you see the face of a kid or you see Margarita, the the angel of Umacao, Mm -hmm. and how hard she has to work to overcome the things she's not getting and the support she's getting, that pisses you off. Yeah. That, that, and that should make you an angry American. And I think it is, to the larger point, it's easy to get lost in the churn of the day and what's the controversy of the day and the thing the president might have said that's crazy or wild yep. or not true or whatever. But the, the business of the country goes on. Right. And too much of it is lost in that cloud of politics. And way somewhere above that cloud are a 
bunch of things like veterans issues like mm-hmm. Puerto Rico that mm-hmm. tend to get mm-hmm. obscured by the cloud mm-hmm. and we need to lift the cloud and focus on them. Thank so you, So Puerto Rico pisses me off. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah, the way, not Puerto Rico itself. No, no. But, the but, treatment like, of Puerto right, Rico. Right. The treatment of Puerto Rico. It's the it, enchanted uh, isle. It yes. does the opposite yes. of piss me off. Yes. No, best. I think that's, you know, look, the, the, the title of this podcast was a little bit uh, controversial for people. Some people felt uneasy about it. You know, they yeah. said, you know, yeah, but, you know, angry, you know, I don't know if I'm angry. You know, if you think about it, if you're not angry about Puerto Rico, you probably don't have a soul yeah or or yeah. Or, or you know you're evil or you're not paying attention right i mean this is a real issue that should outrage all americans yeah and it's not going away and if guys like you don't pay attention to it and, and focus even in a podcast like this it's not going to get any better right so i want this podcast and this community around angry americans to be one that drives people forward toward positive change yeah and your example will do that well, that's the thing, and that's why I'm glad you're doing this, because you've been an example of that with IAVA, which is, yeah, you're pissed off, but let's be productive about it. Yeah, let's yeah. be constructive. What do we, what's our, we can scream all we there want, but that joke. doesn't fix anything. There's a running joke in the early days that IAVA uh, stands for Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans America, stands for I am very angry. <laughs> and, but if you look at you know the VA and burn pits, and yeah. you know this week I've been talking to 9-11 first responders, there's a lot of reason to be angry. Yeah. And it's that anger that can drive change and fuels this, you know, the civil rights movement and positive change in Washington. Yeah. So I want to try to channel that. And, but, and you've been able to do that. And i got to give you another cr- credit on something else, man. You, you have taken your platform in a lot of different arenas, right? Like I texted you when you were on with Andy Cohen. I mean, yeah. you're on, how many times have you been on Watch What Happens Live? Which is, probably, I love, probably an amazing 20, show. I want to say 20. 20 times on Watch so. What Happens Live. And who were you on with last time? Last time was with oh, uh, Priyanka night. Priyanka Chopra. Okay, um, but I've been on. He pairs Andy does me. Yeah, real solid. I've been on with Snoop. Wow, I've been on with Lil Kim. Okay, I did a shot ski with Lil Kim and Andy okay. Cohen. Okay, and then he'll throw me on with a housewife. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A lot because he likes that. Because I don't yeah. really watch those shows, and yeah. he likes that about me because I, I ask stupid questions them. about them. My them. wife watches, yeah. and I happen to walk yeah. in. And I watch when them. she leaves, I, love, I continue to watch. I love them. Housewives. Okay. I, will, I love Bravo, and I love seeing you on there. Okay, and it's and though, speaking of Snoop, it's what you. I, I think a, a, a strong move, a strong Willie Geis move, was when you went on. What's the Lip show? Sync battle. Lip Sync Battle. Yes. Season one. Yes. You're on Lip Sync Battle. Yep. Willie Geist comes in. I think they kind of underestimate you, right? <laughs> and you came out and did LL Cool J. Well, LL Cool J hosts the show yes. for yes. people who don't know. Yes. So they said, what song do you want to do? And I was a huge LL fan. It was the first tape I ever had in 1987. Yeah. Bigger and deafer. Yes, I had it. Yep. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to do an LL song. And I picked the slow jam, I Need Love, Yeah. off that. Yeah. And they're like, it's too slow. There's a big crowd you have the there. Hat and fired you have up. the chain yeah. and the whole LL. You had the totally. walk, too. Yeah. Like, you nailed it. Yeah. Well, they 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 protested. They wanted a big showy number where people would be dancing no. and screaming. No. And I said, just trust me. Willie I think Geist this is, is not work. showy. Willie Geist is yeah. kind of smooth and deadly. Right. Yes. I said, all I need is a tracksuit and a <laughs> chain and the Kangol. And they're like, all That's right. That's your new Twitter bio. <laughs> tracksuit and chain. All I need is a chain and a tracksuit and a Kangol. <laughs> So I walked, I walked, they played the first few bars. LL apparently didn't know it was coming. Yeah. And he's standing right there. And he's right like next to me. Like DLL Cool J is the standing stage feet opens. away. That's right. Yeah. And I walk out. And you play, you played his music growing up when you were in your totally. red CJ. I could have done it in my sleep. Amazing. And uh, nailed the song. And they have great cutaways of him just shaking his head and kind of smiling. And I sort of knew when I saw that. Uh-huh. That I had it. Uh-huh. But Andy Cohen, who I was up against, coincidentally, yeah. he was yeah. my opponent. 
Yeah. He, I learned later, I literally showed up there in like a button down in jeans. I was like, what are we doing again? For the Because I had to do Dolly Parton first and I didn't have a costume. I just wore <laughs> Start this. Start with Dolly Parton. Yeah. yeah. Nine to five. This is really guy's life. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then Andy came out. He, it turned out he'd been there like rehearsing for three days. He had backup dancers. And okay. Stylists yeah. and all this. I yeah. had none of that. Yeah. And, uh, but you had heart, man. But I had a strategy, and which was, it was either going to be great or terrible. Like, you're pandering to the host, <laughs> yes. don't do that, or genius idea. Yes. And it was all purely by crowd applause, and I won. But the scariest part about that, as I said, it was season one, so no one had seen the yes, show. I saw the show. So uh, we wa- and it hadn't been on yet. We didn't know what it was. So we walked in, and they were taping one before our show. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting in the green room, yeah. and it's John Krasinski against Anna Kendrick. Wow. And Krasinski, we're watching on the TVs, wow. is up on stage. Again, I'm in a button-down in jeans, uh-huh. having no idea what's uh-huh. about to happen. Uh-huh. He's up there with eight backup dancers doing Proud Mary, dancing like Tina Turner. Amazing. He's got a suit on that turns out in the middle of the song, it's a tearaway suit, and he's wearing the same dress as the dancers. This I'm like, is, this is high, somebody this is thought about stakes. this, this is high months. stakes. And I yeah. just walked in. This it was like in my Summer Outlook Camp calendar. Talent show on steroids oh, totally. for famous people. So yeah. then I'm like, then I'm like in a panic. I'm like, I have none of this stuff. <laughs> and then I'm looking. Anna Kendrick's next. I look out my dressing room door, and there's this wave of people. And J Lo walks by, and I'm like, Dude. what is this? And Anna Kendrick was doing a J Lo song, and then J Lo came out, came and did out it with during her. the song. And I was like. I'm so how'd dead. you get the LL gear? Did I'm you like, go, go in the dressing room and raid his closet? They no, I should have. Yeah. They 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 got it for me. And um, his mother was there that day, and Dude. I got to take a picture with him. And I was like, it was a great day. This is a great day. This is amazing. We we could talk about won. this shit for for and you won. And they give you a belt like a WWE. Do you, have it? you keep it? Oh yeah. Is oh yeah. Your, your kids, name's your etched take it? on it. Yeah. And That's it's amazing. still we need a belt here. It's still, all we have is a whiteboard with well, like my shitty graffiti art. Episode yeah. two, you'll have the belt. Okay. Okay. But Andy's still he. Pretends it's yeah. kind of a joke, yeah. but like it's still pisses, you and Andy. You and off. Andy are a power duo. I just got I got to talk about that. There's there's a magic there. The two of you are, are formidable, <laughs> and you and I talk a lot about presidential candidates and, yeah. and who's in and who's out, who's yeah. up, who's down. I'm going to talk about that on this show on a regular basis. Like, you think Andy would ever run for office? Which um, would you ever run for office, Willie? Guys, I don't think so. Not because I don't want to serve, but I think I can serve it a way that doesn't involve like. The shit show that yeah. it, that politics is right now. Yeah, that every detail well, gonna, of your life. I want to come back. Up. You're listening to to Angry Americans. I am your host, Paul Reichoff. Our inaugural guest, the great and powerful Willie Geist, is here. And you and I have talked shit about a lot of things over the years. But talking about politics, you know, when you're on Morning Joe, uh, you think Joe would ever run? I mean, there, there's yeah. a really there's a really thin field. Right now, there's only Bill Weld running against Trump. Yeah. And he did this wedding with Mika that was like a royal wedding. Yes. Right? And, with and Elijah Cummings officiating it was a, it was, at it the felt, National Archives. It felt like a move, right? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. my, congratulations to them. Yes. Very happy for them. But you think he would run? I think he would. I don't know if he's going to run this time. Um, but he might. I mean, I have no information that okay. says he would, but we'll I know- bring some news here on Angry Americans he, Podcast. He's thought, okay, then yes, he's running. Does that help? Yes, no, no. absolutely. Um, you heard it here first, people. In front, in front of the whiteboard, my shitty graffiti. Yes, we're going to use you. We, to, just, we just declared, on behalf of Joe Scarborough, <laughs> Willie Geist declared that he's running. I'll, I'll text him later and let him know he's yeah. running for okay. president. I know, I mean, I think he's- well, he was a congressman from, from Florida, for, he Panhandle was. region, Pensacola. Yeah, he did. And he's got this platform, which now is kind of the path to the presidency, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean- Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he served the first district of, uh, of Florida, Florida. Pencil, 
Pensacola. And he, I think, three or four terms. I think he's one of those guys, once you've been on the stage and in that arena, you sort of, Mm -hmm. you always have it in Mm -hmm. you. So I think he's thought about right. it for sure. I, I mean, I think people have asked him across Florida to run for governor yeah, or senator yeah. in different no, races like that. But He's got more power where he is. He's got he more does. influence where he is. He has more fun where he is. I, I, Nobody wants to be – like, Congress sucks. Like, I have a lot of friends who are in Congress. Right. And, like, that job, especially with, you know, two-year yeah. cycles where you got to be raised – that job sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And yeah. he gets to go on Morning Joe and hang out with you and hear stories about Snoop and well, J-Lo. Well, that's the right? thing. Well, the thing – I think Joe would, would say that if he were and sitting he here. he does a show from his house sometimes, too. He doesn't even have to really yeah. get out of his house. He can wear his pajamas that helps and just kind of like, yeah. He's got his own whiteboard behind yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, uh, I think he would say the same thing, that does he have more impact as the 100th senator mm-hmm. in the United States Senate mm-hmm. or on a show mm-hmm. that people watch mm-hmm. every morning? Well, I think the answer for him is the show. So if, if he doesn't run, uh, I think another power duo that, that I've, t- I've given you shit about before, but I think it was really kind of interesting and captivating. I'm an independent. 40% of the country is independent. I yep. don't have a party, right? And we're both big fans of Wes Moore. Mm. And Wes Moore is, a, is an activist and a voice of reason and wrote an incredible book called The Other Wes Moore that made him really famous. Uh, he's the president of Robin Hood. He's a regular guest on Morning Joe. He's a buddy yeah. of both of ours. Yeah. I hope he comes on the pod soon. But uh, the the mayor of Baltimore just you know took a leave, I think is stepping down. Yeah. Wes grew up in Baltimore. Yeah. There's an opening there. But if not, if the two of you ran together no, no. as an independent ticket... Howard Schultz would be crushed. You've got to get me off this thing. Let's Why? focus on Wes. Why? I'll be his communications director. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've actually told him that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you might agree with me. I said, Wes, if you ever seriously ran for something, yes. he's the kind of guy I would drop things to. He's magic. To do. He's magic. To work I, with. I really you know? think, I've, you know, I've been around a lot, a lot of people over the last 15 years in politics and entertainment. There is nobody who is more naturally charismatic, likable, someone you want to root for than Westmore. Well, I would put my, you, I, honestly, I would put you no, in that same no, class. No, yeah, I, I would. Piss, I, I piss a lot of people off. Wes doesn't piss off anybody. Yeah, but, so, but, but I've seen you command a stage, my friend. Yeah, but I think Wes, you know, Wes is a special kind of a leader and he's not overtly partisan and he's damn handsome and, and he has a magic. I mean, he, I, I've been, I, I've met Obama. I've met most of the recent yeah. presidents. I mean, he's more charismatic than, than Barack Obama. He's got something there that makes people root for him. And I think if he jumped in for any kind of a race and this is kind of, this is kind of trolling him right now, but, but uh, I think a lot of people want to see Wes run. We want more and more. I agree. You know, people there want more of more. There you go. Yeah. More and more in 24. More for you. Ooh, is that right? 24. Yeah. So he's still, you know, Wes isn't even 40 yet. So he's still really? got time. I know it pisses me off. Yeah. So he's still okay. got time too. I keep thinking, right. like, man, your window. But he's got a big yes. window. But I agree with you. I say that too. I had dinner with him two weeks ago. Yeah. And I had that conversation. I think the the, the Baltimore mayor thing hadn't happened yet. But I yeah. think he's been approached before about that. Yeah. It's a hard job. There's yeah. no question about yeah. it. And it's you're going to get. But he's a, lot a kind, he's the kind of guy you. that I don't think is overtly partisan. I mean, you no, know, and, and, he's not. And and he would bring you know some outside perspective, some grassroots perspective. Some philanthropic perspective. I mean, he, he brings a lot to the table. But yeah, but but so do you every day. And I brought some things to the table. Oh, I wanna, yes. thank you. Okay, so I want to bring yeah. you gifts. First of all, you know. Oh, uh, happy Easter! Happy Easter! I'm giving Willie guys some peeps. And I appreciate uh, the yellow peeps, the classic peeps. peeps. They try to sneak in a pink on you every no, once in a while. Just you're, get the you're classic. You're my peeps, and this is you know not yet a high budget production. May so, I have one now? Of course, okay, absolutely. Like peep, America wants to hear Willie Geist eat peeps. <laughs> and in addition to the peeps, that's ASMR. my that's my low end populist. Mo- mo- what? And, and this is my Morning Joe. What? Uh, I got you a Come bottle on. of whiskey. No, nah, man. Because what? You, dude, your job you will we'll, we'll make you have, need a drink once in a while. So what if I have um, a peep and a and shot? And you did this on short notice, and I sent you to the fucking Polish embassy by accident. <laughs> 
So Listen, it was the least a I could do is give you peeps and and some whiskey for being the first ever guest. Yeah, that's a fresh peep too. It's a good. You peep. know, how sometimes they get hard and they're gross. Yeah. I this got is a, a great good peep. deli by my house. This is a great a shitty deli and a good deli. I came mm-hmm. from the good deli. This is the good one. One of the best stuff for Willie Geist. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. You don't have you to do that. Yes, I did. it's an honor to be yes, on your I first did. show. Yes, I did. And I can't wait to see what you do with it. Well, because I'm, it's it's a. Uh, you, you are you are an angry American. I mean that in the best way. Thank you. Which means you don't let shit slide. And if people no. need to call out, you call them out. Yes. And there's a lot of shit that needs to be Dude, called out right there, now. A, so we need you. We need well, you. Thank you. And I have a final question for you. So, yeah. you know, I ask, I'm going to ask everybody what, what makes you angry. Um, but, you know, you're a great source of, of inspiration and hope and light. So what makes you happy? What's something that, that, that makes you happy? It could be, you know, somebody you follow on Twitter. It could be, you know, a, a musician you love. It could be something you saw on TV or something you read. Like, what's something that makes you happy that you want other people well, to Well, I think that's share? a good question because the world right now can be, if you got, a, let's say, an 11-year-old or a 9-year-old, as I do, yeah. and everything around you, you hear in the media or press or even kids talking at school, yeah. it's like, whoa, the world's it's fucked. Hard. It's fucked up, Yeah, right? it's hard being a parent right now. So, but what I always say to them, and I firmly believe, is there's way more light than dark in the world. Way more. If you go out in the world and you watch what people are doing with their lives and helping other people, there's way more of that than there is the garbage that is more prominent on our screens. Um, So that's, I think that's a great question. That's that's a good message. And, um, but I would say like pure joy, pure happiness. Yeah, what makes makes you a happy American? I'll tell you what. We're starting baseball season right now. (sighs) My son George, who's nine, yeah. is on the Grizzlies the league team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's he play? What position? They move him all over they, the place yeah. at that age. Yeah. He likes left field. They'll okay. put him at short or okay. third. Okay. But like just seeing, you know, and you'll see this soon. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing a kid like go to Models and find the right yeah. bat. Yeah. He's swinging it in the aisle. And yeah. Then he gets some batting gloves. And yeah. then you're watching the Yankee game and he picks up something that Judge is doing in the batter's box. Yeah. And now he's doing it yeah. in the batter's box. All those little things that you did as a kid yeah. and watch your kid yeah. full circle. And then my daughter is playing softball. Awesome. She, her team is called the Fire. How great is that? That's really good. Fire. Mascots have gotten so much better oh my when you were kids. God. Logos have gotten so yeah. much better. Uniforms. I, way like better. uniforms at the lower level are amazing. We had T-shirts. Yeah. Different color my kid, T-shirts. My kid, when he was two years old, started playing soccer. And, and his, his gear was better than I had basically, <laughs> I, definitely in high school, yeah, probably did, in college. When did that happen? We had uh, terrible quick, gear when I was quick. a kid. I mean, they, I'm surprised they don't have sponsors. <laughs> like They probably want to sponsor my kid's soccer team. But, uh, but, but but we're not starting now. But my, he's also he's also I don't know. He, he soccer's great, but there's this part of football in him. Yeah, where he keeps running and nailing dudes, and I'm kind of like shit. Like you know, he's got it in him. I played yeah. football. My brother played football. So did I. Yeah, he played football. Right. Yeah. And and we're having that dilemma right now. Yeah. Like, I love football so much. I know. And you, I know he'd be really good at it, but you know, I don't want him to have a head injury. What's What's interesting about New York City because people ask me that all the time. Yeah. You played your whole. I played through college. Yeah. I mean, through high school. And um, there's a great photo of you. I got to start. There's a great photo that we got to send out. We'll, we'll post it. Ridgewood High School. On Angry Go Americans. Maroons. Yeah. 1991 state champs. But we yes. And you played what position? Tight end and outside linebacker. Excellent. I could drop into coverage or I come hard off the edge. I love whatever it. you need. Whatever you need. And and Christina was a cheerleader? She was a cheerleader at our Dude, high school you team. You guys are like I know, that's Mr. too much. America. That's a little yeah. too much, I know. Yeah. Um, but the the people ask me if I'd let my kid play. Yeah. And I'm able to punt because they don't really the way we grew up, football yeah. in New York City isn't like that. I mean, there are places there you can some play. Football. There is some. There is yeah. some. Yeah. But it's not like part of the like you culture. You flag till you're like 11. Right. Yeah, it's very different. But I. But when we grew up in, I think, fifth grade, it was mm-hmm. like you started playing football. Then mm-hmm. you made the sixth grade team through high school. And there's not really that 
cultural pressure yep. on football. Yep. It's, not, it's just not there, really. Yep. So, so the thing that makes you happy is you know, your kid's sports. Watching my kid get a yeah. hit in his first at-bat, watching my daughter play softball and not knowing if she's going to be any good and then going out to the first practice and she loves it. And I, all those nerves fall away and she's happy. They're just happy out there. I love that. Makes I love me that. happy. Thank you. I mean, everybody needs to be happy and everybody likes seeing Willie Geist happy. And you should you. be happy because you've got a beautiful family that grows by the minute Dude, I'm it lucky. seems. I'm very lucky. You know, we had a, a second son a couple of weeks ago and uh, I told you when you came in, I got like a, a <laughs> cut above my eyebrow that kind of looks like, you know, I want to be cool and tell you it was like from MMA training. <laughs> I, was, I was giving a thumbs up to one of my son's little friends because all his friends are cute. They're like three and a half, right? So yeah. I was like, hey, your thumbs up. And I turned and I walked into a glass door. <laughs> I thought I knocked myself out. I thought I was going to need stitches. I was fucked up. Oh, like it, it hurt so bad. Like, you know, when you're in that dad mode where yeah. you haven't slept and it feels like years. Yes. You're just kind of in a, in a fog. That was me. Yes. That was me. But, it, but it's all worth it. We had the, the spot you're in right now. Yeah. Uh, my daughter was two. My son George was born. This is in July. He was born on July eighth. On July like twenty second, I started a show called Way Too Early that came yeah. on before Morning Joe. <laughs> so now I was getting up at like one in the morning, yeah, and leaving Christina with a two year old, yeah, and a two week old, yeah. And it, we we just look back on that like we didn't even speak for like yeah. months. It was yeah. like yeah. I don't care how no, your day was. There was no tweeting in public. No, at that point. No, 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 no. I don't no. want to hear about your day or yes. the cool person you met yes. or interviewed. Like fuck you. Yes, I was dealing with this shit storm. It was just, but you know what? It's part of the, the journey, and you come through that chaos. Yeah, and it's just it gets better. But you're, every but day. you it gets better your, every day. But you you and your family are beautiful, and and you're doing a lot of good in the world, and you're an inspiration. And you're you're a great friend to me and many other people, and and I really really appreciate you being our inaugural guest on Angry Americans, and uh, you're really doing a lot for this country. I mean it, man. And you're elevating the discussion in, in a tough environment, dude. Like you're you're on Morning Joe. You don't know when you're going to wake up and Trump might just start unloading on you. Or, That's true, right? It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Uh, he's tw- he tweeted about me once during the campaign, but it was kind of lame. Um, he tweeted about Morning Joe last week, though. Yeah, yeah, but not about but that's not me specifically. specifically. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. A, a stressful environment, and you continue to keep a cool head even when I send you to the Polish embassy by accident. <laughs> and you're very, very gracious to be on the show. Uh, you can follow Willie on on Twitter, obviously, and definitely follow his wife Christina. You can see him every morning on Morning Joe uh, and on Sunday. The, the Sunday Today Show is absolutely fantastic and a must watch. It's a real uh, source of, of kind of comfort. If you're an angry American, yeah. uh, you're not alone. You're here in this podcast, and 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 you can also find some hope and inspiration and, and a little bit of peace with Willie Geist every Sunday morning. More light than dark, my man. That's it, More man. light than dark. That's it, man. Congratulations. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the first one. Thank you very much. What are people on the street angry about today? I'm not the only one who's angry. People everywhere are pissed off about the state of affairs in this country and much more. So we tried something this week. We went out in the street and we asked normal Americans what they're angry about. I want this show to be an outlet for everybody. The people who don't have a podcast, a cable TV show, or a million Twitter followers. So each week, I'm going to take it to the streets and see what's got you dialed up. In this episode, we take it to the cross streets of the world, Times Square in New York City. Times Square is a place where you meet people from all around the world, and they all converge. So I asked him, what's your name, where are you from, and what are you angry about right now? All right, we are live in Times Square, crossroads of the world, angry Americans live on the streets of New York City. You want to come talk to me? You cool? All right, tell, tell me, what's your name, 
where are you from? And we're all a little angry about something. What are you angry about? Uh, okay, my name is Vivi. I am from New York, from the Bronx specifically. Shout out to the Bronx. Um, what am I angry about? Uh, definitely like commuting. Like New York is the worst. Taking the trains are the worst. And I think everybody could agree with that. Like it's horrible. Definitely angry about commuting. For sure. Yes, I hate it. What do you think about politics in America right now? Anything got you angry? Oh my God, can we just avoid that topic? No, that's what this show is about. What, what, what are you angry about? I'm just like angry overall about everyone being so like sensitive about everything. Like that's my main point. Like it's just really easy to offend people these days and you just really have to kind of walk around like conversations and kind of baby step into things because you just don't want to offend people and I find that really annoying because I just want to have a conversation with my own opinions and not offend anyone. Uh, Jared, Lakewood, New Jersey originally, I live in Neptune City, uh, lived here for eight years and I'm just waiting for my meeting actually in a couple couple minutes. What, what do you think about politics in America? Anything got you angry right now in politics in America? <laughs> that, that's a layup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Trump and what's going on with him, um, how it's affecting everybody. But, you know, I think the best thing that happened since Trump became president was, uh, I like to call it, the hoods came off. You know, like people weren't afraid to be bigots and racists and, you know. Sunlight, bring, bring it all out in the sun. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and he allowed it. So now your friends that you didn't know, their hoods are off now. And to see how many people are following him or uh, his policies and things like that, you know, it, I, it's it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? Floor is yours. Anything you want to sound off on about for, for angry Americans? Uh, angry Americans, uh, stick up for yourself. Stick up for your friends. Stick up for your cousins. Stick up for your next door neighbors. Stick up for your whatever. Just be an upstander. Like stand up. That's all. Stand up. Right on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you very much. My name is Sianis. I'm from the Bronx. And what I'm angry about is, like, people are so selfish. Like, we have the ability to, like, have shelters in every borough. So, like, there won't be a lot of homeless people out here. But people are not providing to help that. They are arguing, what is, that's not my problem. Like, I shouldn't be involved in this. But then again, when you're walking in the streets, you have a problem when you see them in a, like, right there in the corner asking for money. If you have a problem with it, then at least do something about it. Don't be selfish and hold your money. Like it'd be like wealthy people here, just be mad selfish with their money when they actually make a change and do something about it. Awesome, thank you for sounding off, appreciate it. I hope you got one of you guys should run for mayor. One of you want to run for mayor? No, no, no. You guys know who, you guys know AOC? Do you guys know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new congresswoman from the Bronx? Oh, yeah, yeah. You seen her on TV? Yeah, what do you guys think about her? I love her. She's such an inspiration. I love you. No, it's just like, it's because I told my mom and everything because at that age I wasn't 18 to vote yet. So I was like, Ma, you have to vote for her. She's like, she's us. Like, she's doing what we what we could have done, you know, because she came, she came in as an immigrant. Like, you know, she came here with just nothing to look for something, um, you know, a better life. And for all of this stuff, you know, to be happening, it's just like, She's like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what to do. You know, like, there's, you know, my family members, like, what is going to happen when they come? Like, how are we going to live off? Because he wants to take off SNAP, like, everything. He wants to take everything off. Like, there's a whole bunch. Most of us are, you know, in poverty. We don't have anything. So 
all that stuff that he's saying we can't relate to. So can you talk about that? Talk about talk about Trump and Snap. What, what, how does that how, talk talk about how that impacts your life? Basically, he's basically saying that you know we don't need it because you know he, it's taking too much every year of like a big chunk of you know their um that they have you know to waste. He's like, oh, we don't need it because you know we get paychecks um twice a week. We're getting other you know help. It's not, you know, we can't get all the help that we need and everything, but, you know, food is expensive. It's getting expensive by every year. You know, a bag of rice now, like, if you could see, if you go to the supermarket, that thing is expensive. A 50-pound bag is almost $25, and that doesn't last, you know, very long. So it's just, and like, they reducted it. So now a family of two is probably, you know, 150 How are you supposed to live off 150 and then they want us to be healthy and stuff like that. All we could afford, you know, with the 150 is frozen food. We can't get fresh food because it's not in our local market. You know, they don't want us to give us organic food. They want, they don't want us to give that, you know, in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Queens. They don't want to give that to us only in Manhattan. Why? You know? Awesome. Awesome. I really appreciate your perspective. That's awesome. I really do hope you run for mayor. I think you should. How, and if you don't mind, you guys are pretty young, right? How, how, old, how old are you guys? Oh, I'm 18. 18. Silent guy. <laughs> yeah, and how old are you? Oh I'm God. 16. You're only 16. Wow, excellent. Okay, uh, my name is Asel. I am from Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. And I am mad because there's not enough dubbed anime. There's not enough dubbed anime? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Okay, so with uh, My Hero Academia, um, it stops at season two with the dubbed shows, which season three is where you get into most of the more intense fights and you learn about more of the characters, which would be more helpful for, you know, people just hopping on, people just, you know, so I think there's not enough dubbed anime. That's amazing. How old are you? I'm 11 years old. Is this your first time in New York City? Yes, sir. Welcome to New York City. From Brooklyn. No, my name is Lou. And what are you angry about, Lou? All the communist uh, liberals. Tell me more. Because I'm Republican. And so, you know, everybody always blames the Republicans that they're not the right party or Trump is this, Trump is that. But if you look back at a couple of years ago, you know, the Messiah, Obama, they sort of say, you know, we were, unemployment was, you know, over 8% high. We're now at what, 4% unemployment rate. I think that's a big difference. More jobs are being provided. Look, we need security at our borders. That's number one. And what pisses me off is they keep saying he's a bigot, he's racist. First of all, he grew up in New York City. Anybody that grew up in New York City doesn't have a racist bone in them. Especially if he grew up in Queens and the part of Queens he grew up, there's a lot of black people. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people. And I actually worked in the building that he owned. And the people that were there of color used to say his father and him used to go in there, talk with the people in the residence, shake their hand, and were, old, were like family. And any problem that they had, they used to say, oh, I'm going to just call Fred. They would tell the, the, the super, I'll call Fred, which is Fred. Right. And Fred would come and fix the whole place. If there was any issue with his building, Fred would come. He would listen, and there were blacks in that building. Not one person that was white, all black in the building. Just saying. So we we have Republicans, Democrats, Independents, all kinds of people listen to this show, and we're all united as Americans, and we believe that if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. There's a lot to be angry about, but we can stick together as Americans. It's about sticking together, whether we're Democrat, Republican, Independent. I think we need to all un unify, but we do need to secure our border. That's important. I think that, you know, you can't let these people come in. You got to do it the right way. I lived in Australia for seven years. I lived in Australia. You know, I lived in Australia. I did it the right way. 
Australia doesn't need a wall, though, because they're an island, right? No, nah, they don't need a wall, but, you know, they got a lot of boats that come in. But, you know, um, no, nah, it's not that I, I, you know, I don't see other people's ideals or, you know, I, it's not that I hate Democrats, but I think I hate the wacky, crazy Democrats, the ones that, you know. Is there one Democrat in particular that's got you angry? Ah, uh, that chick from the Bronx. That, it, she is the Alexandria. That one is, she is dumb as bricks. You know, and you know what's sad is that I'm Latino. And I'm kind of embarrassed because she's, she's not educated at all. She talks like in circles and she doesn't get to the point. It's just doodle come out of her mouth, you know? And she wants to do all these plans. First of all, who's going to pay for it? All these plans you're trying to come up with. It's the people that you're trying to help are going to pay for it. Because the wealthy, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you want people to come from the border? Won't you let them stay at your house? See how you like that? Would you like to, you know, have them stay on your lawn? I bet you won't. Chucky Schumer, I bet you won't have those people at your lawn. All right, thank you, Lou, right? Yeah, Lou. Lou, I'm Paul. Thank you for being on the show today. Right. Check it out. Angry Americans is the hashtag. Can I get it on Apple? Yeah, everywhere. We're on Apple. Subscribe now. All right, my name is Landis. I'm from Long Island, New York, Huntington Station. Shouts out to you guys. Um... Support whoever you want freely and openly. There should be no repercussions on who you support. You should be able to do whatever you want. I don't care if you support Trump, Bernie, Hillary, who does not matter to me. As long as you're a good person, that's, that's what really matters. Right on, right on. Thank you for joining us in Angry Americans. Anything else you want to say? Go Yankees. Um, there we go. There we go. The Red Sox don't make you angry? I hate them. See, Passionately. There we go. If, if I want to find something to get New Yorkers angry about, I ask them about the Red Sox. My name is Kaylin. I am from Alabama. And I'm mad because I'm in New York, and these people are rude. They just bump into you, walk past you, bump into you. Uh, they don't know nothing about personal space. I'm sorry about that. We're not all rude. What, what do you think about the president? Who is that? You really don't know who the president is? No. Nah. You don't know Donald Trump's president? Who's Trump and who's Donald? All right. That, see, that, then you have reason to be angry. Did you get hit in the head on the way here? <laughs> No, I don't know Donald Duck, you know. Quack, quack, that's it. My name's Mariah, I'm from Georgia. And one thing I'm angry about is uh, this, uh, there's like an abortion law in Georgia and it's like you can't have an abortion if you want to. And I'm like, that's just stupid, ridiculous. Cause what if you're like, you know, like raped or something and then you don't, or what if you're just not ready for a baby? I mean, accidents happen and before, I mean, you should have the right to do what you want to your body, not just some man up in the legislators talking about some, oh, well, he's not even a woman. He doesn't even know what's happening. He, didn't, he don't even understand. Right? That's powerful. Thank you. I wish you'd run for president, Mariah. Iron Man, Batman, you guys want to be on a new podcast? Take a picture, my friend. Uh, it's a podcast. There's no, there's no video. How much money you got? I got no money. That's why I got a made-up sign in a podcast. Damn. And Hulk, what are you angry about? I am, I am angry about Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump. The Hulk hates Donald Trump? Yeah, because he's racist. I hate him. My English is very bad, but I have angry of... Your name? My name is Batman, guys. Batman. I am working here on Times Square. I see that people have angry on the world. Just, uh, not just in America. On the world that people have angry. I told you the Batman. How is it being Batman in Times Square? That's a difficult job. No, it's, uh, I like my job, man. I like uh, all the time that people want picture with me. Uh, uh, every day is different in Times Square. 
people from uh, Germany, from France, from Argentina, from Peru, from Chile, from Mexico. All the time is different in Times Square. I love Times Square. And, and, and Times Square loves Batman. Yeah, all the time. I love the people. The people love me. What, what, what does Batman think about Donald Trump? Donald Trump? Donald Trump is my friend. Donald Trump is my friend. I, I think Donald Trump is good president. Don't forget that. Batman, you're awesome. Thank you, Batman, for being here on The Angry American. Thank you, my friend. Love you. Hey, take a picture. So there you have it. Only in New York, right? Good stuff. We'll try this again in future episodes, and you never know where I might pop up. So look out for me in your city or town. In the meantime, let me know what's got you outraged. Use the hashtag AngryAmericans and sound off now. And go to AngryAmericans.us for video of the interviews this week on the street, including video of the naked cowboy, Elmo, and more. We've got bonus footage there every single week. You will not be disappointed, but you will definitely be entertained. So check it out. In every episode of Angry Americans, I'm going to offer a productive way to channel all that righteous anger. Now, last week was National Vietnam Veterans Day. The 29th of March, 1973, was a date the last U.S. combat troops left the Republic of Vietnam and the Military Assistance Command Vietnam was disbanded. The last unit was elements of MACV's Infantry Security Force, the Special Guard, actual spe- actually special couriers. So, so this is a pretty new thing, the National Vietnam Veterans Day. On March 29, 2012, uh, President Obama proclaimed uh, that day National Vietnam Veterans Day. And on March 28, 2017, only a couple years ago, President Trump signed the Vietnam War Veterans Recognition Act of 2017. This act officially recognized March 29th as National Vietnam War Veterans Day. So the Vietnam War lasted 19 years. 58,318 Americans were killed in action. Over 300,000 were wounded. As many as 950,000 Viet Cong and North Vietnamese troops were killed and countless civilians. Vietnam changed our world forever. It changed lives forever, including many of my friends and mentors. Men and women who struggle still today with some of the unseen and seen wounds of war, like suicide and Agent Orange. Vietnam veterans never got the respect and support they deserved. And that should make us all angry no matter what party you vote for, no matter where you come from. But it's not too late to do something, especially if you weren't alive for it or have children that weren't alive for Vietnam. I got three things for you that you can do to make an impact. Number one, watch the Vietnam War by Ken Burns on PBS. The entire thing is online and free. It's long, but it's amazing. And it's definitely worth the investment of your time. It's the kind of thing you can watch with your family and just really reflect and and talk about it. Number two, read The Things They Carried, by Tim O'Brien. It's one of the single best books about the war, or any war. Tim O'Brien wrote it in 1990 about his platoon in in Vietnam, and it remains a a modern classic. And interestingly, Tim O'Brien was back in the news recently because he's been working on the massive hit TV show, This Is Us, which gets into the backstory of the lead character that's actually played by my friend Milo Ventimiglia, and and gets into his time in Vietnam. So check it out, The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Number three, donate to Vietnam Veterans of America, VVA. These guys and gals have carried the torch for decades, and they never got the respect they deserve. They're still fighting on issues like Agent Orange, which has taken them by the thousand every month. These are men and women like John McCain, people who are passing away too soon, and many to cancer. So step up and throw them some coin or volunteer your time 
or just a, a social media signal boost. You can go to VVA.org or find them on Twitter, VVA America. Vietnam Veterans of America, check them out, show them some love. The Vietnam vets are not gone yet. They can be a conscience for all of us, especially in times like these. And they're a source of leadership and strength and inspiration. We'll have links at angryamericans.us. And if you've got a story to tell or a resource to share, use the hashtag angryamericans and let me know. Don't just be angry. Be active. That's your angry action for this week. So success is a team game. And this pod is not possible without the help of my awesome team. Huge thanks to Chris Flannery, our intrepid producer, Brendan Pfeiffer, my right-hand man, Eric Schonborn, design visionary, digital guru, and all-around awesome dude, Cadence 13 for making this pod happen, Ben Stoffer, it's his birthday today, and he's shooting the video. You can check that out online. My family, my amazing wife, Lauren, who had a baby just a few weeks ago, and my boys, Ryder and River. I love you guys. And most of all, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being involved. You make this podcast possible, and you'll help it grow from a show into a movement. So please tell your friends to subscribe now wherever you get your podcast, And follow Angry Americans on all your social media platforms. Use the hashtag Angry Americans. And let us know what you thought about this episode. Let me know what you'd like to hear in the weeks ahead and who you'd like to hear me interview. There's no topic that's off limits and anybody is possible. Until then, it's okay to be angry. And know you're not alone. We're all a little angry. And we're not going anywhere. I'm your humble host, Paul Rykoff. Thanks for listening. Stay vigilant, America.